What's up and welcome back to Confessions of a Recovering Hot Mess with me, your host, Bethany Sesteric. And today I have something special, an unplanned blessing, so to speak, and I can't wait to share it with you. On today's episode, we're doing things totally different and for the first time ever, I have a special guest with me, Miss Holly Compton. I do want to say this will be primarily unscripted here, so I'm sure there's going to be several ums and pauses as we contemplate what to say throughout our conversation. Holly co-leads Amore Real Ministries with her husband, Alex. Amore Real is a nonprofit ran out of Lima, Peru, where they run a battered women's shelter called Pat's Place and do outreach within that community. They started doing missions in Peru in 2004, and from that, Amore Real Ministries was born. Holly and her family live full-time in Texas, but they make frequent trips to Peru to head up different events, outreach programs, and tend to Pat's Place. Now, over the last seven-ish months, Holly and I have grown together as prayer and accountability partners, but also as friends. So I would like to officially welcome Miss Holly to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me and opening up your audience to the causes that are very dear to my heart. You are such a gift to me and to your listeners, and I'm honored to share this with you. You're so sweet. So Holly, she just flew in last Friday for the Saturday night uh, benefit, the worship night that we held on the 10th. And I have to say that night was pretty incredible. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that was... uh, It was awesome. And actually, I ended up sitting down this morning before we recorded this and factored out the donations that were received. And I am happy to announce that Peru is fully paid for. Thank the Lord for that. And I do want to publicly thank the worship team, my friend Trish, who decorated the church just so beautifully. My oldest daughter, Elise, who took photos and did some some brief video And the tech team who recorded the whole thing and provided audio and everything so that the night would be a success without any of them, uh, things would not have come to fruition. And I also want to thank everyone who donated and came out. And just for the generosity of the hearts of people who were there, it was really a beautiful experience with the Lord and to watch people pour into this new ministry, um, really, really blessed my heart. I'm so excited about this Peru trip. And I really can't wait to see what God does in and through all of us as we head down there in June. And I thought it would be fun to have Holly kind of briefly share her vision and goals. Well, we do lots of trips throughout the year, but this particular trip is very special to me. We are going to be ministering to the women of the poorest part of Lima who are struggling with brokenness and chains. We'll do this through a conference called Daughters of Freedom, and we're going to be talking about freedom from their past, freedom in the now with the armor of God, and freedom to war for future generations. And this is very, very close to my heart because, of course, we have Pat's Place. Um, And that's the home we run for abused women and children. And we have put our heart and soul to champion this particular cause. We feel very strongly that it's very urgent to break the cycle of violence for the next generation. In Peru, there's 33 million people and six out of 10 women experience some form of physical or sexual violence. 
only 7% of women who suffer these incidents are actually reported to the police. And that actually, just that 7% adds up to more than 240,000 reports and a third of those are in Lima. And I know just in the brief time when we first started talking and communicating with each other about this trip, and I was really freaked out. I mean, that was pretty obvious. But you were so calm and so confident about it. I almost immediately just felt this burden for these women and and for this area and just this heaviness on my heart that they need to know that they're loved and that they're seen and that they're valued. And to know that in spite of their hurt, God is there with them and wants them to heal. And I think that's beautiful. The biggest thing I think uh, that I would ask for is prayer. Prayer for the team that's going down to Peru in June. Prayer for us as we are preparing our hearts and preparing our message that the Lord's words would be louder than ours. And that he would just go before us and prepare the hearts of those that will hear uh, so that seeds can be planted and grow and good things can grow out of those out of those places. So today we are actually going to talk about something very close to my heart personally. This is something I have known myself and I have struggled with. The Lord actually brought all this back to my heart a few weeks ago when I read the passage in Matthew 22 in verses 36 through 40. Now, this is where the Pharisees are trying to basically trip Jesus up. And one of the experts of the law there um, poses a question. And in verse 36, he says, Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. After reading that, I had the thought of, well, what happens if you don't love yourself? What then? Now, I don't know about you, Holly. I certainly can understand what it feels like to not love or even like myself. Yeah, I, like so many people, struggle daily with this. I think we judge ourselves harsher than anyone else in our lives. It's an easy way for the enemy to keep us in bondage. The feelings of inadequacy that we deal with and even hatred towards ourselves. I could not agree more. And I know, like, I know for myself, a lot of that kind of stems back to this unworthiness that I felt my whole life. And, you know, where that really rooted in in my heart and in my life, I'm not really sure. But I know, like, as a kid, I kind of felt like nothing I did was good enough. I I would imagine that it would be kind of rooted in in that same mindset and thinking. And when you you think nothing you're going to do is good enough, then you don't think anyone's ever going to appreciate what you do do. And therefore, you think, There's no value in anything that you bring to the table. All of a sudden, here you are thinking, well, I'm really not that awesome. I don't even know why these people are my friends or why anybody would care about what I have to say. And I know that was something I really struggled with, especially starting this podcast. And, you know, why would anybody give a rip about what I have to say about anything? And the Lord really had to pull that apart and pick it apart before I could start, which is why it took so long for things to kind of come to fruition in all of this. So I guess at the end of the day, the thought kind of comes to mind of, well, how do we get out of that place? 
if we're stuck in this cycle of self-hatred and we don't know how to get out of it or we don't know how to appreciate or love or value ourselves, uh, what are the steps that we need to take in order to move forward in that? Often I think it's a matter of renewing our mind, purposely thinking different thoughts, focusing on what God says about us. I also find it's a matter of giving ourselves and others grace to be who and what we are. I coined a phrase when I was in my young 20s, and it's just TGFT, and that stands for there's grace for that. And that was a a lesson that we needed to learn as young people learning how to adult for the first time. But I also think it applies here. In the book I've been working on, I've talk about how important it is to give grace to be the imperfect mess that we might feel like. God certainly does. And y'all, she started writing this book before we even met. So we were already knowing we were hot messes long before we even became friends, okay? So what's the title of the book that you're working on? You want to share that? Well, right now, um, the title is Craving Something More, 30 Choices to Finding True Fulfillment in Jesus. Nice. I love that. I love that. And, you know, that's always subject to change as you're working through stuff. And it's kind of the working title, as we like to call it, uh, until it's finalized. But uh, we'll definitely keep you guys updated about when that book's going to come out. I'm just going to tell you that I've read it and I think it's fantastic. And especially if you know any like younger believers that are really trying to understand what it means to be a Christian and what it means to really walk with Christ. This is this is kind of the book that I would recommend uh, purchasing when it's finally available. I don't know when that's going to be. That's all in the Lord's timing. It's perfect, and and it will come to fruition exactly in the moment that it's supposed to. Now, as where grace is concerned, I tend to have all the grace in the world for other people. I, I'm sure that you can agree, and many of you out there listening can probably agree. It's easy to have grace for others whenever they make mistakes. But when it comes to myself, I, I am I am my own worst critic. I am the one who is going to shame cycle myself into oblivion. And I think that's a pretty popular outlook, honestly, on grace, sadly, as it is. Uh, as the norm, none of us really know how to give ourselves grace or how to love ourselves without it really turning into arrogance or haughtiness or pride. And I mean, at least that's myself and so many others I know that I've dealt with. So I guess we should probably be asking ourselves how to walk in humility and to love ourselves. What do you think, Holly? What do you think is the key to that? Well, I think we need to start by looking in the mirror and instead of having hatred for something that God created, receive God's grace. Mm. We are just who we are meant to be at this moment But we need to recognize, too, that God will never leave or abandon us to grow on our own. He is not taken by surprise by where we are or who we are at this moment in time. He planned us. And I think if we have hatred for ourselves, it's saying that God made a mistake and he he can't do that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I know the Lord, um, because I've really struggled especially recently with trying to spend time with the Lord in silence. And that's something that I don't do well. Um, You know, with ADD, my brain goes 800 miles an hour. 
I tend to go 800 miles an hour and stopping even for just 10 minutes felt like I was trying to climb Mount Everest and I didn't have the right tools to do it. And so I would get really frustrated. The Lord told me, which was so freeing, was I made you the way that you are intentionally. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating, but I have made you specifically this way. And if you didn't have a mind that could think about seven different things at one time. You would not be able to walk and accomplish the things that I have set forth for you to accomplish. And you just need to remember that you need me to do it and stop trying to do it on your own. And so that was incredibly freeing for me as I've learned to kind of walk out this humility and boldness and do it in a way that glorifies the Lord. One of the biggest things I had to do was forgive myself for being imperfect. And that was really hard as somebody who is incredibly bogged down by this idea of things need to be perfect. And I had to really let that go and forgive myself for being a hot mess. It's easy to forgive others sometimes, not yourself. I'm a perfectionist too. And I find that learning how to be imperfect is just as hard as trying to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would even say like, Maybe forgiveness and repentance is kind of the key to really loving yourself. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I honestly think in order to really kind of walk in this place, that we have to really cultivate this rhythm of repentance and forgiveness within ourselves because we're going to mess up. You know, like you said, Holly, God's not surprised by that. He knew we were going to mess up, but his grace is sufficient. When we remember that, we can really walk with him freely in this place of true freedom. Actually, freedom is one of the the topics that I write about a lot because I do feel like the freeing truth is that what you said, God's grace is sufficient and his power is perfected in my weakness. And all that means mm-hmm. is that when I am weak, he is strong. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to keep it all together. I don't have to look like I have it all together. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pretend. Yeah. I can just be who I am, where I am, and trust that God's grace is covering me and yeah. all of my mess ups and all of my failures and all of my victories. Yeah. I kind of had this moment with the Lord whenever I was really in this like shame cycle with myself. And not understanding how his grace is sufficient, not understanding how in my weakness that his strength is made perfect. And the Lord kind of got a hold of me and he said, hey, I want you to go back and I want you to rewatch the execution part of Jesus and the passion of the Christ. And if you have not seen that, I highly recommend it. It is devastating, but it is also incredible. So I, you know, I was obedient. I was kind of reluctant because I thought, oh man, I've already seen it. I know how just heartbroken I felt at the end of it. And, but I did it. I went and I did what he asked me to do. And his tears kind of free flowed from my eyes and my heart just broke wide open when the Lord said it is finished right before his last breath. God had me pause the, pause the movie and ask me one question. Was all of that not enough. And I thought, I never looked at it like that before. 
He continued and he said, do you know what was on my mind as this all happened, as I endured these things? And I said, no. And he said, you and every person across the span of time. I saw all of your faces and knew no matter what they did to me, it would be worth it to give you the chance to choose me in this life. And I will tell you what, that then and even now still kind of breaks me wide open because that is really what the picture of grace looks like and what the picture of love looks like. And it wasn't even for you know, the guarantee that we would choose him is for the possibility that we have the freedom to choose him. So I really like that really helped kind of break off this shame and guilt cycle that I had carried for a really long time. But once that occurred, I almost felt like I didn't really know how to function outside of not carrying that guilt and not carrying that breakdown of who I was and my value. I I don't know. Did you ever experience anything like that? When I coined that phrase TGFT in my 20s, I read a lot about grace, um, different books, and really started to experience freedom to know Christ more. And the more I learned about Christ, and the more I knew him personally, the more freedom I felt to have joy. Do you know Mm -hmm. that sometimes you don't allow yourself to have joy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, when, when you are so down on yourself about being imperfect, there's no joy there. But the freedom comes in the truth that God's grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. And when we allow that truth to flood our lives, then that joy comes with it. Yeah. I'm going to totally like tattle on myself right now because in doing this podcast, I even kind of found myself in that place of not having joy doing the thing God called me to do and that I had waited so long for him to release me into because I, you know, I would mess up in the same place over and over and over again and I would get so frustrated and I could hear it when I would go and I would edit and I would kind of cut out all of this, these spaces where, uh, you know, we mess up our words or whatever and I would get so just devastated by my reaction to my mess up. Like, how dare I mess up? I just was like, oh man, you know, where's the joy? I should be joyful doing this. I don't want to feel this way. And the Lord basically told me, you need to let go of perfection. It's killing your joy. You know, I've always heard like comparison is the joy killer. Um, but perfection is too. Things are imperfect. We live in a broken and just devastated, sin-riddled world. There's no way anything's ever going to be perfect. There was only one man who came to earth and was perfect, and he died for all of us. And so that's finished. We don't have to really worry about that anymore because where we're imperfect, God is perfect. And he died because of the joy set before him. Yeah. That we would be able to know him and have joy and freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I know I've been stuck in this idea of, is all of this really necessary in order to love myself? Is, you know, this hard, the hardness of dealing with refinement, dealing with breaking off habitual things that we do that we have found comfort in in the past or whatever it may be, is it really worth 
the amount of work that has to be put into in order to love myself. What do you think? Well, I think that there are some very important, tangible ways that we can love ourselves. And I think it's absolutely worth it because God has given us this one life, this one precious life, and made us stewards of that life, stewards of all of the gifts, the resources, everything that he's given us, our bodies, our minds, our souls, our hearts. And it's absolutely worth it to, to make the effort to, to change your mind. And, and actually, and it's not us, the Holy Spirit has to be the one to change your mind. Yeah. We, we renew our mind by reading the scripture and the Holy Spirit takes it from there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always kind of that whole cliche saying, right? You can't really fix an issue that you, that you don't know is there. And I tell my kids this all the time. Like if they're really struggling with something or they're mad about something, um, sometimes they'll kind of hold that in like, oh, I'm just going to get over it. It's not a big deal. Or I should just magically know that something's wrong. And I always tell them, like, I can't fix what I don't know is broken. If something is bothering you, if a, if a sink is leaking, you can't, if, you can't fix it if you don't know it's there. You don't even know that there's water down there. If we're not um, admitting that there's an issue, that there's something that needs to be changed, I think one of the, the hardest things to really accept in life is that we are not perfect how we are. And Jesus may love us in spite of our flaws and in spite of our sin, and he loves us anyway unconditionally, but that doesn't mean he wants you to stay there. And so in order to move past that, we have to notice that there's a problem and say, I want to change that. But honestly, I kind of think this all stems back to the very first part of that scripture where The Pharisees asked Jesus, you know, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus's response before he says, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. That is the first and greatest commandment. And I really think that just might be the key to all of it. Because once you really see yourself the way God sees you, and you actually start to believe it, there is a shift that happens within you and you start to understand just how valuable you might be. It's like this shimmer of possibility that you might have been wrong about yourself this whole time. But I really think you hit the nail on the head, Holly, when when you talked about the Holy Spirit needing to be the one that does it. Because, Because he's really, you know, he was sent as our helper. He is the one who's going to really lead us and guide us along that path of unwinding those habits and moving forward in the places we we need to be moving forward and letting go of the things we need to let go. The Holy Spirit is so much more than, you know, a ghost. We it, yeah. I grew up with him being called the Holy Ghost, but he is not a fictitious flying around kind of person. He's a real person mm-hmm. and he lives within us. He is our comforter and our our guide and our hope. And he is the one that connects us to Christ. Yes. And he is the one that helps us to, to just see ourselves the way that the Lord sees us. 
so that we can keep moving forward into who we're meant to be. Yeah. And it's not our job to change ourselves. It's his. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, When you get kind of wrapped up in this idea that you're the one who has to do it, it's really just a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for a crash and burn, honestly, because I've tried and trust me, it did not go well. So the truth of the matter is, I mean, honestly, we really can do nothing apart from God. And that includes loving ourselves. Because even if I think I'm awesome, right, I can't really hold this pure and unadulterated love for myself without really twisting it into pride and arrogance. And that's something that the Lord not only has to walk us through, but help us carry. Like you said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to do that. So I think there are some practical ways that we can choose to love ourselves Um, I think it's absolutely a choice and we can choose to honor God Mm -hmm. in in our choices um, or choose not to. But I think we um, are given that grace to make good choices. And practically, I mean, that looks like taking care of our body and eating and sleeping well and asking for help when 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 whenever we need it. Um, And there are so many ways that I'm sure that everyone who's listening needs healing and needs Mm -hmm. to ask for help. And that is another important thing, you know, in order to love yourself, sometimes you have to ask for help. Yeah. And which is super hard. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And also we need to be gentle with ourselves, realizing that everything God works together Mm -hmm. for good somehow in his perfect timing. Yeah. Everything that happens works together for good. That whole idea of TGFT, there's grace for that, you know, Uh, there's grace for that for ourselves. There's grace for that when we have to ask for help. I, you know, I know that's probably one of the things I hate the most. And I, and I'm sure that comes from most of my adult life feeling like I was on my own. Uh, out here treading water, just trying to not die and feeling like I'm the one who has to uh, fix it all and manage it all and carry it all. You know, that um, idea that I had in my head, that mantra that I said for many, many years, no one is coming to save me. uh, So I got to save myself. And unwinding that idea without grace is impossible. And unwinding it without the Lord is impossible. I think one of the ways that we need to choose to ask for help is in prayer. Yeah. We need to seek the Lord's help to find those places of healing, to find those places of grace for him to open our minds and open our hearts to see where grace is needed, where healing is needed. Mm -hmm. I think loving ourselves means doing the most loving thing we possibly can. And that's spending time with the Lord. Last week I had talked about the weeds that kind of poked through that I mistook for vegetables, the taproot that came down had all of this entanglement of roots that was happening underneath the surface. And that same kind of thing happens when, you know, when we're walking in this either shame cycle or we're not asking for help, or we have these habitual things that maybe brought us comfort or that we're seeking out comfort. So we're going to do destructive things to ourselves, you know, whether that's eating too much or, you know, maybe smoking or drinking or, you know, one night stands, whatever your vice may be. If we don't discover, we don't ask the Lord what the 
taproot of that is? What is the main cause of that? Where is that stemming from? Because we can have this entanglement of roots coming off the taproot that just breaks us down and keeps us completely in bondage. I mean, he will peel that back when it's time. And it may not be all at once because you probably can't handle it. Lord knows I can't handle it. He's got to do it in baby steps for me. And so he'll peel it back one by one, layer by layer, like an onion. And eventually you start to see this picture of really where that taproot resides and where it started. He says that when we seek him with all our hearts, we will find him and he Mm -hmm. will give us the wisdom that we need to continue on. Mm -hmm. And we have to um, allow him to free us from our past so that we can have freedom in our future. You know, part of that commandment, that second commandment in Matthew 22, 39, it says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think that you can properly love others until you properly love yourself. And so I think we need to be aware of that and realize that hating ourselves is not is not going to get us where God wants us to go. Yeah. It's only going to take away our joy and deny the grace of God in our lives. Yeah, that's a great point because when it takes away our joy, we are no longer being the light that we're called to be. Because at that point, as our joy is being stolen, because that's the whole, that's the enemy's whole game plan, right? I'm going to steal your joy so that you can start looking at your circumstances rather than God. You can start looking at your self-pity rather than God. And whatever it may be that you might be struggling with, he wants to take your focus off the Lord. And when we do that, we lose our joy, which then we lose our light and we lose our ability to love others in spite of how they may treat us. And that's, it's a really hard thing to have somebody, you know, maybe treat you terribly or, or look at you with disgust because of your affiliation with the Lord or because there's this light about you that they don't really like. You know, I've experienced that walking in uh, to a donut shop in Portland, Oregon, where the guy who served us did not like us because the demons within him did not like the light within us. And so he was very rude and very just hateful almost. And that was really hard to just walk away and say, Lord, I just pray for his soul. I pray that whatever needs to be cultivated in his life will be cultivated so that seeds of truth can actually be planted there and not have him be entangled in this demonic entrapment that he's been in for God knows how long, and that he could see that the light is actually love. Mm. It's not bondage. It's not keeping me under thumb. It's freedom, and it's love, and it's grace. I have struggled my entire life with with selfishness and self-centeredness, and I think it's very selfish of me to say, God, you're not enough for me. You're not enough for me to love myself and take the focus entirely off of other people and deny these, this commandment and not do what the Lord asks us to do. But surrender, I think, is, is the key. 
I agree, because whenever you surrender to the Lord's will, the Lord's will is that we would love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So there's a there's a part of that commandment that is that we're supposed to love ourselves. And that way we can effectively love other people. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. It was so great to have Holly here and have a little impromptu discussion about this very real and difficult topic. It was really great to be here and to actually be here in the flesh with you. And I pray that grace just truly floods your life, floods the Mm -hmm. lives of those who are listening today and always. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly, I pray the same thing for you. And I just pray for a boldness, uh, especially as you're planning this Peru trip as the leader of the women that are going down there for this conference that you're putting together And I'm just praying that the Lord makes his will known so well to you that there's no denying what you're supposed to do and where we're supposed to go while we're down there. I honestly think that today was awesome. And I hope that you'll do me a favor and share this podcast with anyone that comes to your heart right now. I truly believe this topic is something so many struggle with, and yet it is rarely addressed. I hope you all have a great week. And as always, take care and God bless.